Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. I have learned that is more and more true with every day I live. It's, yeah, it's really, it's, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Uh, well, we are funded by the, uh, or we are brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet. You know, we got articles on writing and the writing life you know, just what it takes to be a creative person, but also video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with the wonderful Catherine Kate Jagetti is up there now. Kate is, uh, well, she's an unusual woman, author, uh, sort of a spiritual teacher, I guess you could say. If you're into manifestation, creating things using the focus of your mind, which is what writers do, well, you'll like this conversation. I love Kate. She's just awesome, and it was a great conversation. It's up there now at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You know, we got a conference coming up at the end of September. I'll be teaching there. But we also got a little mini-conference, a little pre-conference conference. Again, these are all uh, virtual still. That's going to be starting August 20th, and I'm going to be teaching a class on learning to love the book proposal and how to pitch nonfiction books. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I do. So uh, you can sign up for that or the upcoming conference at pnwa.org. It's all virtual still because that's where we are right now. And, okay, there it is. Hey, speaking of uh, what it takes to write the book you want to take, the lead, take what it takes to lead the life you want to lead, I'm going to be doing a free author of your life workshop, free, this Saturday, uh, whatever it is, August something, 14th, I think. Through uh, the folks at Transcending Cancer, I'm going to be talking about how to use writing to heal from cancer. Uh, and this is free, like I said, hour and a half. But it's not just about healing from cancer. It's about just creating anything you want in your life. I think writing is the perfect practice for living on purpose, creating on purpose. It's just always been that way for me. And so we're going to put it into pro- teach a little bit about how to do that. And again, it's free, 90 minutes. Uh, I will put a link to it on my website, on the front page of my website, as soon as I'm done with this conversation. Uh, and if you want to sign up for it, you can. Again, it's free. Yes, it is. All right. So uh, I'm glad we got today's guest, breakout literary star. I think she is. I think she is. Her name's Asha Lemmy, and she is the New York Times bestselling author of 50 Words for Rain, which is great, by the way. Uh, after graduating from Boston College with a degree in English literature and creative writing, she relocated to New York City, where she worked in book publishing. Asha writes historical fiction that focuses on bringing unique perspectives to life. She's here with us now. Asha, how are you doing? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, I am glad. I love, I love meeting people whose careers take off quickly. Not all of us, not all, not (laughs) everyone's do. It's okay. It's all different ways into this, but, but 50 words for rain, which was your first published novel. I'll say that. I don't know all that came before it uh, just did great. And it's still doing great. And I'm talking to you on the occasion. This, I I got the, the, uh, the, we're, we're talking now because the, trade paperback is out when did the trade paperback come out it came out in june so it's been out for about two months now and i'm really excited that 
hopefully it gets to me uh, reach more readers because I know I used to sometimes wait for the paperback. Yeah, sure. I, I hoard books in my purse, and sometimes hardcovers <laughs> are just a little heavy. Yeah. Have you – see, I haven't, but – have you made any switch to the ebook? Are you at all attracted to I that? I do read ebooks. I do, do. I travel a lot, so I spend a lot of time on airplanes. And yeah. um, when I have a lot of luggage and everything, I really like just being able to bring my tablet, and then I can read four or five books on the flight. Ah, uh, you're one of those. Okay. And so, and so, fifty words for rain. I want to get into your history, but I'm kind of curious about this. It came out, I guess, if my math is right, kind of in the middle of the pandemic or when the thing, whole thing was starting, yeah? It came out in September 2020. Oh. Um, so we've been in it for a little while. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, um, it was it was interesting. You know, it's having a, a COVID book is something that has bonded um, me with some of my other author yeah. friends. And yeah. We didn't yeah. get to do anything normal i didn't get to do any in-person events yeah. i'm actually doing my first in-person event next month like oh, nice. pretty much a year after the book came out yeah. so i'm really looking yeah. forward to it yeah i had a book come out in june and i have i i haven't done i mean i've done interviews and stuff but no nothing i kind of miss it so i'm hoping i too it's will get hard it is. Yeah. It is. It's hard. It was my first novel, so I wanted nothing more than to have like a big party. Of course. And I didn't get to do it, but no. I, I still have. <laughs> I've I, still been um, tremendously fortunate. Well, fortunate, smortunate, you know. It. You wrote a great book, and people liked it. What's the shocker there? Let's back up, though. Let's back <laughs> up. All right, you're. You're just somebody, it strikes me, maybe you kind of had your nose pointed in one direction from a young age, which is books in general. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, I was very bookish. Yeah, um, even as a little one. Those, it, I started reading as a toddler. I actually, wow. I could read before I could walk. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Whoa. I had, a, I had a first grade teacher refer to me affectionately as an idiot savant. Because I was a little bit underdeveloped in elsewhere in a lot of areas, but I was like, I was writing these like pages and pages of stories, you know, with really? my big pencil. Yeah. Wow. So At I guess grade. this has cool. always been it. I guess this has always been it for me. Let me. What? What? Just. To, I'm just a little curious. What? What were your parents? What were they up to? Were they around? Were they shocked? Were they? professors were they coal miners like what was going on there uh what was that no, like my, your, what was your house my parents are my parents are um mba jd's economy degrees type of uh okay so practices. right 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 okay jd think, what is jd jd what does that stand uh, for i think that's a law degree right I don't know. I've never heard that until now. Sure, okay, so you got a lawyer, yeah. you got a, an MBA. So these people are hard driving, high success kind of people. It sounds like. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and, and then they've got their bookish daughter. Were they proud as hell when you were writing your thing, or were they like, okay, that's fine? Now, how are you doing in math? Like, what was their response? Um, so, I think it. My dad kind of thought it was just like a project I don't know mm -hmm. you know he he I don't think he ever really imagined that this could be a career um, right there was this idea that I should pick something 
more stable as a career, yeah, like maybe I should become yeah. an engineer or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. was not going to happen with my math grades. There was no way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and what was your you mom? What did do... she think of it? What did she think of it? Your mom? Was she around? Um, she was. Yeah, she was more supportive. Uh-huh. I think she, um, out of the two of them, she's probably the more bookish. Yeah. Well, you know, look, nobody, here's the thing about novelists or just writers, book writers, like no one ever knows any, like you might, I know a few people who knew writers growing up, but most writers never know another writer grow. Like it's just a foreign, it's weird that way, but it's very few. I mean, we do have children. A lot of writers, well, <laughs> you know, a lot of writers don't talk about it because I think there's this notion that you don't want to talk about it because you're not a real writer yet. Oh Yeah. Yeah. There's this imposter yeah. syndrome that a lot of us Did have. You have it? I think that's Oh, I still have it. To this ah, very okay. moment I, okay, I good. still have it. Even though you're talking to me, look at this is it. You've made it. Because <laughs> you're talking to me. Um, all right. So so you've got the imposter syndrome still, but it, but before that you, you you go to college where you got really good grades, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. In some subjects. In some things. Okay. Good. In English. Okay. In English, of course, of course, in creative writing. But you go, you you write. Do you get it like an a, a, a master's or anything, or just get an undergraduate degree? No. So actually, I I I got my my BA, and then I decided to work for a few years before I went straight for an MFA. And I'm actually yeah. so glad that I did. Because yeah. turns out yeah. I didn't need one, and now I don't have all that debt. <laughs> hey, yay, hooray. You did the next best thing. You just wrote a book, which is like getting an MFA in a way, isn't it? I was. I, I didn't want to be – I had a lot of friends who I felt like they went to grad school because they didn't know what to do next. Some of us get very yeah. caught in the school the school system. Sure, We're sure. conditioned our whole lives, go to school. That's what you do. You go to right. school. And then right. I think some people, they just, they're scared to move away from that. So they yeah. just go to more school. And I think right. a graduate program can be a wonderful thing, but I think you have to have some sort of focus about it. Yeah. And I no, don't have true. that focus. If I had gone to graduate school, it just would have been because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Right. Right. And so you said, instead, I'm going to go to New York. And, and did you go straight to New York to get and try to get a job in publishing? I did, and I got to be broke for a glorious three years <laughs> and eat yeah. ramen noodles. Oh, you did and it. call my mom and dad. Yeah, and call my mom and dad and, you know, ask them for money because I needed new shoes. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, so you were living the life because publishing is not – I mean, you can make money in publishing, I guess, eventually, but yee, not when you're starting out, yeah. I know. No, no, it's it, the starting pay is is not is not great, and New, not York, New York is very expensive. No, not at all. I mean, it would be a struggle to survive on a publishing salary, even in a lower cost of living market. But Manhattan is in Brooklyn; they're just so expensive, you know. And know. Yeah. unless you live with eighty roommates, you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's tight. You your life, your life was like a rom com in the making. You're young, <laughs> you're vivacious, you're smart, you're, but you're ambitious. It just, it was ready to happen. Oh, oh they should, TBS should have gotten a hold I've, of you and made a, a I have never in my life thought of myself as the star of any kind of rom-com. <laughs> I was a girl in high school 
who sat in the back of the classroom and chewed on her hair. Right. So that is that's what, what makes you the star of a rom-com because you're cause, <laughs> because your shyness is what everyone connects to. OK, but but um, I like that image of a girl sitting in the back of class chewing on her hair. Very vivid. Uh, OK, so but so what were you doing? Were you just like reading tons of manuscripts or getting coffee? Like, were you doing anything interesting in publishing? You were getting a behind the scenes glimpse of things for sure. I got coffee. Um, I got laundry at one point. <laughs> oh, no. See? I... Oh, my God. <laughs> but I did get to read queries. And honestly, I think that really helped me because I was able yeah. to see, you know, you know, agents get a lot of queries. But when you're actually going through the inbox and you just checked yeah. it yesterday and it's 10 a.m. and there's 50 new emails. Wow. You know, it's like, I, wow, you understand yeah. now yeah. why it's so difficult to get a response. Yeah, it is. And, it, and it so, is. Oh, so you were working at a, at a, at a literary agency. Yes. To start with. Yeah. Okay. And so you were reading the queries and, and I would imagine my experience of looking at queries and is that maybe a lot of them weren't, I don't know, maybe they've gotten better, but oftentimes there's a lot of, a lot of the queries that get sent are, for things that weren't ready to be sent. I don't know if that was your experience or not in reading the, the queries. Yeah. You know, so the, the main thing about queries that I learned is just that you have to get people's attention fairly quickly. You don't want to be too yeah. gimmicky about it, but right. there needs right. to be some sort of hook because a lot of them do read very similarly and they're not, no one's reading three paragraphs to get to your point. Right. They want to know right away. Yeah, they want to know what the book is about. And actually, I had an agent. I I mentioned shyly that I was trying to write a novel. And I had an agent say, oh, what's it about? And I start talking. And she stops (laughs) me. And she says, it's two sentences. Right. And I'm like, I don't have two sentences. And she's like, then you need to refine your pitch. And I will always remember that advice. But and I think it's good advice. And but sometimes you got to for fiction in particular, I think you have to write the book to even know what the pitch is. Sometimes, like you can't. You like, definitely, you right? definitely do. Yeah, and the then you can kind pitch of. Comes later. I yeah. think so. If for nonfiction, it's a little different. Uh, sometimes, like I sold my last book, I before I finished it, you know. But but I knew. But it, I but it's different with nonfiction. Uh, with novels, you just, you, you're just trying to figure out what you're doing, like why you're telling the story. And it's rare that you know when you start off, at least. So, you know, that's the way. I think, I think that's one of the biggest differences between fiction and nonfiction, at least in selling. So, all right, so you're, you're working behind the scenes, and you're reading queries, you know, you're seeing how the sausage gets made, so to speak. And were, did you, were you starting to write your first fiction as soon as you got to New York? Like, when did you start trying your own hand at it? So I actually started this novel junior year of high school, and I wrote the first what? three chapters what? Um, in physics class, and they are actually unaltered. Um, what? But you, but wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, but the book is so historical and so laden with, this kind of detail had you already were you immersed in like Japanese culture and and like in the 1940s like how did you manage that well I grew up around a lot of Japanese culture but it was more so that yeah, you know I different. just like that so all the detail came later you know it when I started it I had 
this very clear idea of a story about a girl lives in isolation and she finds a half-brother and it changes her world. I knew I wanted to write that. And then as I got older, that's when I guess the the more mature historical Uh, details started to to come in. I I didn't finish it until I was 22, so very old. Um, (laughs) Brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you're 22 and you finish it. Wow, 22. That's an awfully mature book, Asha, I got to say. I got to say, so man, you maybe you are a savant. I'm not saying idiot, but maybe you got a little savant in you. Uh, well, you haven't seen me try to add. <laughs> well, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, Asha. You know, there's no shame here. All right, so you're 20, so you write it. So you were by the time you went off to New York, you'd already finished the damn thing, more or less, right? I Completely. finished the first complete draft, but okay. I had I rewrote it. Um, many times, specifically the middle. I, I had a lot of agents yeah. tell me that they were totally hooked, and then I lost them. Oh, I lost them in okay. the middle. Yeah, right. and so that I kept getting that feedback, and I really struggled with how to keep the middle compelling. And you know, one of the things that I guess my critics will say is that you know, you know, there's always something happening. You know, it's you know. <laughs> right. it's, it's too much or it's a roller coaster. And I'm just like, well, you know, that is apparently what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, critics, you know, Asha, they, everybody's, I don't know. I, look, we need critics. They help. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to write your book in the way you write it. And you're going to learn, and the next book you write is going to be different because of stuff you learned writing this one. You know, I'm sure you started your next one. I, I'm assuming. I am yeah. a firm believer in constructive criticism, but I think oh, the problem with the current climate is that the internet has given people like a really inflated sense of self-importance. Yeah. Um, just because you can log on to a free app or free website and pay unpaid Roger Eber doesn't mean that you are Roger Eber. That's right. So you're entitled to your opinion, but I just wish people would take it down a notch. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially around fiction, they will get particularly excitable around it. All right. Well, you got, that's where you got to develop a certain kind of thick skin. My, my wife said about, about she writes too, and about reviews and criticism in general, which is, I think it's really true, which is, a review is a description of an experience someone had. You know, in other exactly. words, I read a book, yeah. I had this experience. Let me tell you about my experience. And, you know, they bring their own life and their own prejudices or their own fears a- and absolutely. their desire. It's I all there. I 100% agree with your wife. Uh, and someone else said to me, a lot of the times when you read these really scathing reviews, you learn more about the reviewer than you do about the book. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. People, people bring, everybody brings their baggage to their reading experience. And sometimes that works in your favor as an author, and sometimes that works against you. You know, I, yeah. I had somebody uh, come up to me and go, you know, I, this book touched me so much because, you know, um, I'm half Korean, and, you know, my white family never really accepted me. They used to make fun of me. They used to make fun of my eyes. And so right. that is just someone whose experience in life lines up with my book enough for it to hit that level for her. Right. Beyond right. just appreciating the writing or whatever else. 
And then I'm sure there are people who, you know, vehemently hate it. But, I mean, I don't read reviews, so I wouldn't really know. Ooh, you don't? Good for you. Oh, you're so wise. That's another oh, no, kind of quality you have. Don't do it. I, you know, if, if I had my way, no writer would read any review of any book ever written. Like, don't, like, don't even get into the, the realm of what one person is saying about another person's work. It's just like, I think it's... I do like, not read reviews. I, I, yeah. I read, um, like, the official, you know, critic reviews, of course. Um, uh-huh. and, but you don't but, get, like, but, on Amazon luckily, and go through it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily for me... Um, most I get I get messages I get a lot of messages from people who tell me how much they love my book and that satisfies my fragile writer's ego enough <laughs> to where I'm I don't feel the need to go uh, looking. That's kind of a curated selection of nice comments, and that is enough for me. Well, I'll tell you the the thing you, I'm looking for is what um, oh shoot the artist famous woman artist who painted all the skulls in the desert. Oh God. Damn it, Asha! What's her name? Come on, help me! Help me! She, um, she, I don't you know, know much about art. Well, anyway, it'll come to me. Um, oh, she's really famous, and I'm just blanking on her. It's old age. Oh no, she said, "I decided for myself, and now praise and criticism go down the same drain, and I'm free." And I thought, man, that's it. That's 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 the sweet spot if you that's can hit amazing. it. That's amazing. I need to get right? there. Because even though I don't read reviews, I still have that anxiety in the back of my mind where I'm like, okay, so everybody hates this book. You know? <laughs> and of course it's not true. No. Of course it's not no. true. The, the sales say it's not true. You know, right. the enthusiasm from... Why do you think that thing? You know, so, okay, so if all this enthusiasm, <laughs> reviews are good, and the book's a bestseller, da-da-da-da-da, and yet why do you... what what? Where does the everyone hate it come from, do you think? Like, what is that? Like, what? Like, talk, describe that to me. Why does I think that... it's just anxiety. You know, I'm, a, I'm yeah. an anxious person by nature, and I'm also an introvert. So yeah. it's, it's peculiar because I'm driven by this urge to write. Um, yep. And yet yep. I also have an absolute horror of sharing anything with anyone. <laughs> Right. So right. I have these, cons- uh, these, these almost conflicting desires, almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah. The introvert in me just really doesn't like, you know, the thought that anything I with my name on it is just kind of out there and exposed. I know, but you know what's weird about being an author is I've had to learn this. All the stuff I've shared is. The reader is reading about themselves. They're always reading about themselves. It's like their life, because I write about my own life. So I write, you know, personal essays and personal narrative stuff. And even when they're reading about me, they're reading about themselves. It's always about themselves and not about me. And, and, and even though they're going to thank you and say, thank you, this book meant so much to me. And it was just when, you know, they're saying to you, it's still like that experience they had was theirs so personally, so intimately their own. It's not actually about you in a weird way, even though you helped provide that opportunity. You know, the same way when you read a book, it's so in- intimately personally yours, yeah? When you, like your experience of it. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And everyone's experience is always going to be totally different. And what I actually 
used to do is um, I would read the reviews on like my Hall of Fame books, like my top five books that I've right, ever read right. that have yeah. stayed with me forever. And I read the reviews and they'll, they'll be mostly positive, but then there will be, you know, some really, really nasty ones. There will be some yeah. people who just absolutely like load this book, yeah. you know, and want to wax poetic for 14 pages about how much they hate it. <laughs> That's right. And nitpick right. every, every little detail and be like, wow, on page 14. And I'm just like, wow, you have a lot of free time. But um, <laughs> it is a reminder to me that you can never please anyone because I would, I mean, I would cite some of these books as, as the best books right. of all time or that I've ever read. And, and there's somebody out there who would fight me to the death. Hates on that opinion. Just hates it. Yeah. Just, well, you know, my favorite story on that is around my own. I was just thinking about this recently about when I read Vladimir Nabokov as a young man, I loved I mean, He was incredibly influential to me and just how you could write, just how you could write, like how the command you could have. I was, I felt like he was teaching me how to think in a way, and and I just loved him. And 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 like the last book of his I was reading was his like big magnum opus, Ada or Ardor, a family chronicle. And I was, but I couldn't finish it for some reason. I got life happened, and then I picked it up when I was like 25, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna finish it. And I couldn't get two pages into it. I, I wanted nothing to do with it. And yet he meant so much to me as a young writer when I first read him. And then I just was completely done with him. And I would never go back to my younger self and say, don't read him, because he, he, he meant a lot to me at that time. But then, you know, five years later, things had changed, and, he, and I couldn't connect to him anymore. Does that make sense? And so, yeah. like, what does it mean? If I reviewed him as a 25-year-old, I could slam him. But, like, what does it mean? Because he meant everything to me. And I've heard before. you're not the first person I've heard say that, that, you know, some things hold up well. Like they go yeah. back in 10 years or 20 years and they still like it, or maybe they even right. like it more. Yeah. And then some things they go back and they're like, gee, why did I ever like this? I mean, my yeah. entire middle school and high school music collection is humiliating. <laughs> well, well, that's a little different. I, you don't want to know what I was listening to when I was 13. It was pretty scary. <laughs> in retrospect. It's awful. But at the time I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is it. This is exactly this is how. Uh, this is, he, yeah. he understands me. <laughs> They understand me. Uh, exactly. All right, so, I was right, listening so, to the Jonas Brothers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they were they were they were it on the stick for you, weren't they? Well, they this were. is how it goes. This is how it goes. I listened to a band called Sticks. S T Y X. Look it up. It will be hilarious to you. And I thought they were just Sticks. doing it right in that Sticks. Yeah, <laughs> 1978 or whatever it was. Okay. Oh so, my gosh, it yeah. sounds like an 80s hair band. I was gonna say it was a total hair band. <laughs> Right before the <laughs> oh oh they wrote a song called "Come Sail Away" that I thought oh my God they're just speaking to me. Um, <laughs> all right so so all right Asha so here you go. Are you working on your next book? Is this happening? I am working on my next book. Don't tell um, me about it. It is. Don't 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 tell me about it. Don't tell me what it is. You know that's a curse. Don't do that. Oh, just tell me. it's a challenge. I'll just say it's a challenge. Good good. But you're feeling pretty good. I mean. You know, there's the sophomore thing. It's a nice challenging because you did, this book did so well for a first novel or just for any novel, really. Uh, I, do, you, do you feel any pressure? Or are you handling that okay? How are you handling it? Um, I am a, a very anxious person, as I said, and yeah. it is – I am feeling a little bit um, overwhelmed. But at the same time, 
I'm just reminding myself that when I wrote my first book, I didn't have any expectations. I only had dreams. Right. So I am trying to go into this book um, remembering that I write because it brings me joy and because I think that my writing can bring some other people joy or make them feel seen and understood. And, you know, if I can do that for just one one person, then, you know, it's all worth it regardless of what happens with sales or critics or, or anything else. So uh, I just try to focus on on that. That is a good attitude, Asha. That will keep you sane. That will keep your feet <laughs> on the ground. Good for you. Bold All right. Well, to assume I'm sane. Well, you sound pretty sane to me, but I could be wrong. But I'm a pretty good judge of these <laughs> things. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. So, if people are interested in Asha Lemmy, I mean, they can just go into any bookstore and get your book. But if they just, you know, I don't know, they're do you have you done any like um book group type things where you zoom in and, and talk to book groups? Have you tried I that? I have. I've done many, many of them at this point. And I, okay. I, I was okay. really terrified the first time. I was oh, so nervous. Okay. I almost cried. But yeah. Um, yeah. they're actually a lot of fun. Yeah. So can people, are you still someone people could ask to do that? Is that possible? Yeah, I like doing them. All right. So if they go on your website, is that the place to go to find out if that's can, if they can do that? Yes, they can go on my website and message me. I have a little um, uh, message thing on there that goes to my author inbox. And then I also um, I can be reached on Instagram on my official author account. You can slide into my DMs. I do check them periodically. Oh, good for you. All right. So, you got that, people? Check her out. Asha Lemmy, uh, website, Instagram wherever. Okay. But not quite done with you, Asha. Uh, what I would like you to do is uh, finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Faith. Faith. Yeah. You got to have it, don't you? Can't really do you it do. without it. Yeah. You have to believe yeah. in yourself. There will be times when you are the only person who believes in you and in your work because you're the only person who knows it exists. Yeah. Sometimes that has to be enough. Amen. I totally agree. Asha, congratulations on the book and good luck with the next one. I'm sure you will do just fine. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Take it easy. All right. You take it easy. Oh, oh I cut her off a little bit. Sorry, Asha. Well, hey, have faith, people. It's true. In other words, you got to believe in something you can't see. You've got to believe in something that only you can see, only you can feel. It's in your mind, right? Right. You know that. You know that. Yes, you do. In your heart, you know it. Thank you to my producer, RJ Jeffries, and thank you to all of you out there. Go find something you love to do and do it. Do it.